0: Hello there. Welcome to the 77th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eadie. And alongside me, I have my co-host and the Norman Osborn to the Spider-Man No Way Home Hype Oscorp, Adrian Pinter.
1: How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are you, Simon Edie?
0: I am quite good, I think. You know, Omicron, the Transformer, is taken over Earth. So it's Taken
1: Ontario by storm. 3,000 plus cases.
0: But then on the other hand, you know, we're gonna talk about it later, but I mean, come on, Spider Man. So there's lots of lots of stuff to talk about on this episode, and I'm excited. I'm excited to discuss that with you. I feel like we can't discuss that much on this actual episode, because we will not spoil Spider Man No Way Home here.
1: We are not some kind of animals. Yeah, no way. Home. We're gonna spoil Spider Man. That was
0: that was a stretch. That was a stretch of a joke, I must say. You
1: know what isn't a stretch, Simon? What? The deliciousness of charcuterie boards
0: oh oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. charcuterie boards are very good i do I, I, I wait i've been having charcuterie boards why are you having charcuterie boards we don't talk outside this podcast never have never will so you coincidentally are eating charcuterie boards as well
1: yeah i made one yesterday evening um you know you know you know what is it called hickory farms you know hickory farms simon uh the, little, the pop-up shop Maybe I'd, maybe I've talked to you about this before. I don't know, but it's Hickory hmm. Farms—the little pop-up shop that like shows up in in the malls, and it's like they got your ham, they got your 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 beef sausage, they got different things with cheeses and stuff, and it's like little little gift things that you like give to people. You know those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Well, the, the other day I, I was at the mall, I was doing some Christmas shopping, Simon, and uh, you know every once in a while you got to treat yourself, and I decided to get some of those Hickory Farms things. Is and then I made myself a charcuterie board yesterday when a when a buddy of mine came by. So what 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 all was
0: on that charcuterie charcuterie board? That was really really well pronounced. Thank you, audience.
1: I know. Yeah. Um. I, I had crackers on it, of course. I really like the oh. Breton crackers. I see the you know Breton, Breton crackers. But yeah, yeah. Like I know Breton crackers. Veggie ones. So I I had that on there. Then With the ve- it,
0: veggie in in the crackers.
1: Yeah, it's like the veggie f- f- crackers.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: You know, the veggie flavored one, vegetable garden, I think is what it's mm. called. I might just be misremembering that entire. But anyways, I had some of those Bretton crackers on there. I got these golden crackers that came with my hickory farms. I sliced up some, some some of the ham that came in that hickory farms, put that on there. Some of the cheese, it was just like a cheddar cheese, a little bit of aged cheddar as well. I put in some pickles, some olives, Ooh. this mango, this, this pickled mango Black chocolate thing. green olives green green olives oh green olives wow um i really love olives all of a sudden all of a sudden <laughs> i don't even mean to do that um but i think i already told my tale of how i found out how i like olives again but anyways so i put olives on there a little bit of mango like pickled mango chutney thing that's really good um oh yeah it's like smoked bacon like like Ooh. double smoked bacon that i like sliced wow. up and put on there and then uh some uh some smoked sausage as well that i sliced up and put on there and um i think that was it i think that was it oh and it also came with this little uh pineapple honey mustard that i put on there as well oh yeah interesting yeah only the ham the the one cheese and the pickled honey mustard thing and the and the golden crackers came in the hickory farms thing the 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 rest i i i I procured myself i see yeah i see
0: i've been having charcuterie boards for the last like three days what did you put found on yours? Leftovers, because it was like uh, me and my girlfriend's anniversary, and we traditionally like to have charcuterie boards. Happy anniversary, an anniversary, Simon! Thank you. It was our dating anniversary. It was it was pleasant. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But we had lots of charcuterie board.
1: Did you eat the board as well?
0: Uh, and well, it's like a marble slab, so no.
1: Oh, I really love marble slab though. The ice cream place.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. I've only been there once, and actually, what? to be honest, I don't think it was the greatest experience. It was during COVID. Oh. So I think it might have been during COVID and into winter. So I feel like those two things, not great for an ice cream place. But no. anyway.
1: Because, yeah. well, like part of the best part about going to Marble Slabs is you, you try all the little free samples. They just give you free samples of the different ice cream. Mm. So I imagine they weren't doing that during COVID. So
0: No, I didn't even know they yeah. do that at all because I didn't uh, see that there. All the chairs were up on tables, mm. and – uh walk in and they're like what do you want Uh, that's the attitude i was given
1: oh unfortunate maybe i'll take you in the summer okay
0: yeah but then we couldn't talk because you know we don't talk outside this podcast so never have never will maybe we can do it while we're doing the podcast we can record while we walk into the marble slab ice cream shop what do you think
1: i'm down i'm down why not I mean, it's a little
0: ridiculous and probably yeah. won't happen. But alas, anyways, our charcuterie board was very different from yours. I had smoked salmon. I oh. had uh, we had little. Um, actually, it was kind of we normally do little bagels. We didn't find them, but we we did nan with a little bit of a cream cheese with that smoked salmon. We did oh. uh, little onion on there as well. Don't love capers that much, although I know that it that goes really well with that kind of smoked salmon. You know the locks type type mm-hmm. deal. We had uh, a. A uh, you know some strawberries and I uh, melted oh. up some chocolate and we had some chocolate strawberries. We just dipped it in there like a kind of you know hybrid charcuterie board with the fondue. We also had some prosciutto, which was great. Some Balderson uh, cheese, which I is love pretty fantastic. Prosciutto. Oh yeah, we, the first prosciutto batch we had wasn't as good because uh, we got it from like you know the packaged one. But then mm. the second time we went back because uh, we still had extra uh, smoked salmon and all the rest. So we kind of went back and got some sliced prosciutto. Nice. Actually, my girlfriend did the work on that, which I really appreciated. And that was even even better prosciutto. And then we also had baguette and uh, some you know butter. No margin. No margin. I can't believe it is butter because we did get butter in, in, nice. in fact.
1: That's good. That's good.
0: I can't believe it. it's not butter.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. What's that guy's name? He broke his nose because the roller coaster flew into a pigeon or something like that. Fabio,
0: who was the uh, spokesperson for—I can't believe it's not Bader for many yeah. years.
1: Yeah, he's a classic yeah, human being. <laughs> he is a classic human being. He's
0: <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, flowing hair.
1: Um, real, real quick on 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 your charcuterie board, we pretty much had nothing in common except pickles. Oh, you about pickles? Okay, I guess sorry, ex- I didn't ex- say except pickles. The, except for the pickles and Balderson cheese, man, that's what I used for the aged cheddar.
0: Oh, you had aged Balderson cheese. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that. You just said aged cheddar, and I thought I would name drop the Balderson cheese. Because Balderson, we got it from Costco.
1: I just, Yeah, uh, same here, dude. Up the big block. What? I thought you got it from Hickory Farms. No, I got the regular cheddar from the Hickory Farms side.
0: Oh, mm-hmm.
1: okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it was really good.
0: And you always end up with a fondue, like a chocolate fondue. You always end up just dipping everything in there. So we were dipping like Balderson cheese. Although I didn't. I didn't dip the smoked salmon. I thought that was a little too crazy.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have done that um, either. But
0: I, I've dipped definitely uh, pieces of onion, uh, the pickle. What? <laughs> I, yeah, dude, everything is good with dark chocolate, like that kind of semi-sweet melted chocolate. Mm. It's really good.
1: It's really good. That's uh that's interesting. I, I've, I've never tried it. I'll try anything once though. I'll try anything once. But I, I just, I can't wrap my head around um, a pickle dipped in chocolate. Like that just. That doesn't seem appetizing at all. But to be Honestly, fair. Honestly, I
0: might have even dipped the the locks like the, the smoked salmon with cream cheese and a red onion into the. I, I might have done that as well. That's it's absolutely like, mental. Get, that's it's right it meant- in front of me. And I'm like, mm, will not this be good? And it always surprises me. It's like, wow, this isn't bad. It's never really amazing. Like it wasn't like we also had apple. So the apple and the strawberries, we usually get into oh, the fondue more regularly, of course. And those are amazing. But uh, the and cheese was surprisingly pretty good. I've done that a lot because I found that that was actually pretty pretty, pretty rich, pretty great. That I,
1: that I can see because, you know, like chocolate cheesecake, right? Like, you know, I've had yeah. that before. I, I can see that flavor combination. But again, the pickles. And, and again, the salmon. That's that's a ballsy move. But again, I'll try I don't try remember it.
0: doing that this time. I definitely tried it at one point because we've done this kind of combo. And then we just kind of mix and match and pick the best stuff. We had some problems with a baguette. We couldn't find, I don't know if you've ever had Ace Bakery Baguette, Mm -hmm. but it's usually a little better than the other options, at least at the Mm -hmm. Zares that we go to in in Guelph. This is some inside baseball of the grocery stores we go and frequent in Guelph, Mm -hmm. go to and frequent in Guelph. Um, I know that the audience is super keen to know where we get our baguettes, but
1: yeah. I get mine imported from France. Ace Bakery Baguette, is
0: pretty good because it's Mm -hmm. got the crispiness on the outside and the... Mm, it's kind of softness on the inside, you know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, dude, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I yeah. still got a little bit of my charcuterie board left in my oh, well. fridge, so maybe I'll eat. that you after got... this podcast.
0: Oh, I was gonna say leftovers for tomorrow, but we we kind of push everything in terms of our meals. We just kind of we we're gonna have charcuterie again tomorrow. We just got one of those giant things of smoked salmon, and that's the whenever the smoked salmon runs out, that's when the charcuterie fiesta ends mm. for us. Fair enough. Anyway, we've been talking about charcuterie boards for approximately nine minutes here. Um, So uh, (laughs) this is a film and TV podcast audience, I assure you. And um, we've got some stuff to talk about. So let's reach into that mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And longtime Split Focus collaborator Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us, and he said, Dear Simon and the Dog Father."
1: First, which one am I?
0: <laughs> I? And you were gonna say that, but you you delayed it for so long. I paused, and you didn't say anything, and then I continued, and then you said, "Which one am I?" Mm-hmm. You're not very, uh, you're not super sharp this uh, particular episode here, uh, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Not super sharp. Well, how do you know I didn't do that on purpose? Anyways, you're obviously Simon. And he continued. First, I'd like to thank Jimmy for sending my last letter. Now he's referring to his last email that he sent me. And in brackets here, he's got, I guess he didn't feel comfortable adding my signature to it. Yeah. Ken forgot to write his signature. Now he's blaming Jimmy. That bitch.
1: Jimmy, not Ken.
0: Yeah, thank you. I don't want to go that far. That's that's really mean. Sorry, Ken, for Adrian almost calling you a bitch. And he continued. (laughs) Secondly, with the way Mr. Edie was pronouncing Mario, can he say cool whip? And I was saying Mario, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back in the episode 60, oh, 60, that's way too far. 76 of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, which is our previous episode. I kept saying Mario. Okay. I say Mario or Mario. It depends on my mood. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's probably correct to say Mar- Mario. I think we can agree.
1: I, I think I definitely said Mario as well. But I just, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like traditionally, like your, your classic Italian man, his name is probably Mario. But like Mario is just the, the Japaneseification of, of an of a Italian man.
0: Wow. Wahoo. Wahoo. Anyway, he continued As for Patty Jenkins, director Patty Jenkins, I think the trade sites are trying to create drama where there likely isn't any. According to IMDb or Internet Movie Database, Patty Jenkins is still slotted to helm Rogue Squadron. It was announced that production would be delayed due to scheduling conflicts and that Warner was pushing production forward with Wonder Woman 3, despite Wonder Woman 1984 being mediocre. Now it sounds like she has stepped down from directing Cleopatra, still staying on board as producer according to Variety, again citing scheduling conflicts. This makes sense since after Wonder Woman, she would then turn her attention to Rogue Squadron it is unlikely Paramount would sit on the production for Cleopatra for a few more years, so giving directing duties to Cary Skogland with Jenkins producing makes sense. The talk of creative differences or the studio trying to hamper Jenkins' vision is just rumor, unsubstantiated until it comes from either Jenkins or Lucasfilm. Hmm. Now the big question, what did you think of Spider-Man Far From Home? I've avoided the last few commercials slash trailers for fear of possible spoilers. Is it worth it? And signed, Kenneth, with a quote here, what I never want to do is start phoning it in and making things just to show that I can keep my foot in the door and do big movies. A quote by director Patty Jenkins. Okay, before we get into Spider-Man Far From Home, sorry, did I say Far From Home? Because I meant to write in...
1: You did say Far From Home, now that you mentioned Sorry, he
0: he definitely made an error. I'm thinking he meant to write in No Way Home, and then I meant to read this and say No Way Home, but then I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I made a mistake on on Ken's mistake. He he did write Far From Home, though. And I'm assuming he's talking about mm-hmm. the new movie that just came out, Spider-Man No Way Home, which we're going to talk about in a second. But before we do that, Adrian, before we do that, mm-hmm. this, the Patty Jenkins situation, what are your thoughts on what he said here about how um, it seems to be uh, kind of hearsay and that there's less drama than it seems to be indicated by the, what he's calling the trade sites, which I'm assuming Variety, Deadline, The Hollywood Reporter... And uh, Matthew Baloney of previously of the Hollywood Reporter. What mm. are you thinking about that?
1: I don't know. Uh, it, it's interesting. Like I don't think anything is very, um, or, or that, or that this situation is. Sorry, I just got like a brain fart. You know when that happens, Simon? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't know. I get where Kent's coming from. I, I mean, like I don't think he's he's wrong. I think a lot of this is rumor and hearsay. To be fair, but I think the speculation towards. You know, the, the the creative differences with, you know, um, Disney and like studio hampering. I think that is justified just because of what has happened in the past, to be fair. But again, like, I, I don't think Ken's wrong in any way. What do you think?
0: Um, my take on this is that Matthew Baloney is a very, I would say, a relatively trusted source in various circles. And mm. he has sources that specifically mentioned that the reason why Patty Jenkins had know, you know, st- you know the, the Rogue Squadron had been delayed is because of the concept of these creative differences that existed between Patty Jenkins and the studio execs at Disney making mm. the Rogue, Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie. And his sources, I would, I would doubt that, based on his reputation, that he is potentially wrong. It's possible he is. But I don't think so in this case. I really think that it's a little peculiar that Ryan Johnson, the uh, the fellas from uh, Game of Thrones, Benioff and Weiss. Weiss,
1: Jinx, you my relationship and two kids,
0: yeah. And and even like there are others like that seem to be just getting even Taika Waititi is supposed to be making a movie. There's a lot of names dropped by Disney to say, you know, that they've been all saying that they're these big creators are making these movies, but none of them are coming to pass. To the point Mm -hmm. where Ryan Johnson's on to like a Knives Out sequel, but prior to the previously announced uh, Star Wars trilogy that he's supposed to be creating. Mm-hmm. And they didn't de-announce de- it. They didn't say, "Oh, actually, because people don't really love *The Last Jedi*, which is Ryan Johnson's Star Wars movie that he already made, um, we're not actually going to go ahead with his trilogy." They didn't say that, and it's like there's a there's a certain like cowardice here with this. There's some kind of a problem. There, there, it is not as cut and dry as it's. I feel like there's definitely trouble in paradise. W- w- the last movie we got was. Whereas a Skywalker in 2019, and the next movie was supposed to be in 2022, and that got pushed back mm-hmm. indefinitely. We don't even have a date, apparently. So this is a little peculiar. A massive studio like Disney can push out three Marvel movies a year, but can't seem to wrap their head around a single Star Wars movie. Eh, eh. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about this already on on previous episodes. I mm-hmm. but I don't think. I think there's drama. There's some drama for sure. There's a big drama. So somewhere, somewhere the scheduling conflicts is being stated as scheduling conf- conflicts in this situation, and the other scheduling conflicts is like we're having creative differences. Mm. I think that that's happening. But I mean, I c- we could be wrong. It just seems that the sources are not. They don't. The, I don't think Matthew Baloney, again, the previous editor master editor of the hollywood reporter who now kind of uh is in charge of where is a, is a contributor on the the website puck i don't think that he is some hack like he knows what he's talking about we're not like looking at websites like uh you know we got this covered or hype beast to find our sources if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah is that fair what i'm saying is am i giving it enough
1: uh no no i i think it's definitely fair man um Yeah. Like I, I think you're right in the sense that, yeah, like Matthew Ben Loney wouldn't like when, when you're in the industry for that long and you've, and you've worked so hard to bring your name up and to be a like recognizable name uh, in, in journalism, in this industry, you're not going to just put out bullshit like this just for the sake of it. And yeah, like, I don't think it's worth risking your career and your integrity and just, you know, the, the, to, to just say something like this for no reason. Um, so yeah, I think I think you might be right. Um, but again, I, I definitely do see where Ken's coming from as well. I think I think uh, it might be overblown honestly. Um, and I think maybe some of these publications are just you know, picking that up and just running with it and you know, um, being a little bit more hyperbolic than they should be. It kind uh, of went
0: backwards if we're thinking about it now, though. Like, the fact that she stepped away, like, Patty Jenkins stepped away from doing Cleopatra, mm -hmm. and then the website, like, Deadline was mentioning that she's doing that to focus on Rogue Squadron is a funny, almost kind of the opposite of what Bologna was saying, which is interesting. It's 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 strange that that would have happened. Mm -hmm. She just, like, she's not an unprofessional person. She took on three projects, so she must have thought that this was going to happen. It's strange, like I and I didn't read anywhere that Wonder Woman is being pushed up at all. So that's another mm-hmm. thing that I'm not really seeing that because I would notice that like pushing production forward with Wonder Woman three. I didn't see that anywhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't read anywhere that that was happening. I think it's the same schedule as it was always was, but Rogue Squadron's delayed. And why is it delayed? Is the question. And the answer is, well, there's proof in the pudding. I mean, there's proof out there that there is some kind of interesting creative differences issue mm-hmm. that exists at least in some way. Why isn't Benioff and Weiss working on one of the biggest franchises of all time? Why do they move on to do a franchise that not a lot of people, at least in the Western world, have heard of in the three-body problem? Why did they do that instead of Star Wars? Mm-hmm. There's, there's got to be a reason. Why is Ryan Johnson making a Knives Out sequel instead of look, looking at his Star Wars project? There's, there's questions there for sure. And he's saying... That they're unsubstantiated until it comes from either Jenkins or Lucasfilm. Let's kind of be honest. Is Jenkins unprofessional? Not that I've seen. And is Lucasfilm gonna say, Oh, here's my dirty laundry. We've been shitty the whole for the last four years. They're not gonna do that. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's unsubstantiated until somebody says something. I don't think these two are the sources we're gonna have. I think it's gonna we're gonna see the next Star Wars movie before I think anybody says anything like that. Yeah. I don't know if that if that makes sense. But
1: well, like I mean, even with um what's those guys? Again, the into the Spider Verse guys, I keep on forgetting their names. When they were um, kicked off of uh, Soul sorry, Christopher Chris Miller and something. Yeah,
0: Christopher Miller and yeah, into the Spider Verse, they're the directors, they also made uh twenty one jump street. Phil Lord. Phil Lord yeah. and Chris Miller.
1: Sorry. Yeah. Now I, I don't think I don't think they did they direct in the Spider Verse or did they just write it?
0: Uh I think they directed it as well. Let me look this up. They didn't, um, they did not do uh, the n- new movie for sure. Yeah. Um, no, they didn't direct it. You're right.
1: Yeah. They must have they, produced it they and, and wrote it. it. Yeah.
0: The directors of that movie are Peter Ramsey, Bob Preschetti, and Rodney Rothman. hmm Interesting.
1: Anyways. Um, but yeah, like even with the, uh, yeah, Phil Lord and Chris Miller like being booted off the solo project, I don't think Disney ever, like did Disney ever make an official statement as to why they left it? Or if it was it just uh, kind of like, oh, they're they're leaving. And then I think they, must have. Ron they Howard must have came about.
0: They must have made the statement to one of the those big three variety, uh-huh. the Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or, or elsewhere. They must have said something because it the 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 talk of the town at least was that it was too comedic and they decided to go a different direction. Mm-hmm. But they when there's a when there's like not a firing, but when there's like resignations like that, and they kind of move a different direction, I think they they say something. It's just not they don't necessarily say it's because it was becoming too comedic. I think that part was kind of inferred and found mm-hmm. out later by sources inside. But I think what they said was we've decided to go a different direction. They stepped down, and we hired Ron Howard. I think that yeah. that's the basic you know political correct way that they usually go about telling that story. But yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, they would have made that announcement. Yeah,
1: Remember, uh, this is actually uh, like a random thought that I just thought of. With Weiss and Benioff, like, remember after Game of Thrones or like during Game of Thrones, they announced that they were going to make that other um, HBO series called like Confederate or something like that? Which was Yeah, that like was a good one. Yeah, like it was like an alternate history, like if the c- Confederacy won. And then that got canned. That was a neat idea. Yeah, no, I know. I would have really liked that. And then yeah, like that that series got canned because they left it for Star Wars, and they haven't really done anything since. Or well, it's speculated that they left that for Star Wars. I think they're getting
0: pretty serious on the Three Body Problem, like that Netflix series, like yeah. that science fiction series adaptation for the the kind of the the uh, the Chinese novel series. Mm. So I think that that's gonna happen for sure. Hopefully, um, it's. I think it's already in. It might be. It's definitely in development in some capacity. I'm not sure if it's filming right now, but. There's some kind of production going on with that. Yeah, fair enough. But regardless, Kenneth Saddlebauer, you're the greatest. Thank you for writing it every week. I appreciate you spurring these kind of conversations. Uh, And um, it's cool whip. Okay? It's cool whip.
1: Do you actually say it? Cool whip?
0: Cool whip. No, I don't say it. Cool whip.
1: Yeah, cool whip. I'm not a crazy person.
0: Okay? Well, I am. I'm definitely a crazy person. You're
1: freaking insane, man. You're so crazy. And Mario, I see Mario
0: or Mario just kind of depending on my mood yeah to be clear that's fair um but yeah let's get to his next big question here which he asked and i'll repeat it here just to be clear now the big question what did you think of spider-man far from damn it don't read it again the wrong way what did you think of spider-man no way home i've avoided that those last few commercials and trailers for the for fear of possible spoilers is it worth it adrian is it time to talk finally about spider-man no way home but while also avoiding any possible spoilers, because we're going to do an a closer look episode that will go into the spoilers into the full detail of it. Is it time to talk, but not really talk about Spider Man No Way Home, Adrian? Yes. Oh, Adrian, hype, hype lord! What did you think of Spider Man No Way Home, third Spider Man movie of the Tom Holland trilogy of Spider Man movies? Hmm. Hmm. It's a weird way to answer that question,
1: Simon. I loved this movie. I loved this freaking movie. I think this movie is amazing. It's fantastic. Oh, it's phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I think this movie is top tier Marvel cinematic universe. It's, it's a top tier, just action movie, comedy movie. Wow. Heartfelt movie. I laughed so much. I cried (sighs) quite a bit as well. Oh. And, um, I really, really love this movie. Oh. And, um, I'm glad that we got it. What do you think?
0: Adrian, I dare say, you know, because I feel like hyperbole goes a long way. Mm-hmm. That Jimmy Jimmy was right. What did Jimmy say? I don't remember. Jimmy said Jimmy said that this is the greatest movie of all time. And You remember that?
1: Yeah. No, I don't actually. I don't know why I said yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh you did. And uh, by Jimmy, I'm talking about, uh, of course, you know who I'm talking about when I'm talking about Jimmy, right? Jimmy the Fal-Fallon? No, definitely not. Oh, okay. D- Jimmy Kimmel.
1: Jimmy Fallon. Whatever. One of the Jimmys. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
0: Anyways, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel works for ABC, which is Disney. And uh Jimmy Kimmel's also a huge Disney fan, uh Disney fan, or not Disney fan, but a Spider-Man fan. I, I'm surprised actually you didn't guess it was Jimmy, our our audio visual technician. That was what I was that was the trap I was laying laying for you, and you didn't why didn't you fall in it?
1: I don't know. Like I don't know why I didn't fall into a trap. I just, like I don't know, I just didn't.
0: Gonna, that sucks. But anyways. Yeah, Jimmy I, Jimmy said it was the greatest movie of all time. And uh, do I agree with him? No, that's ridiculous. But at the same time, I think it was amazing. Um, so again, a, lo, a little hyperbole goes a long way. And I think that it is really amazing. It's a, I feel like it's a once-in-a-lifetime event is what mm-hmm. I would describe it as. It is incredibly heartfelt, as you described. It's shocking at times. Um, I, I applaud Ken for not watching any of the last few trailers. I'm not sure. Did he not watch the second trailer? I thought he did because I had a conversation with him at work I thought about that but maybe I'm yeah. wrong
1: I know there was a bunch of like TV spots and stuff so maybe that's what he's referring to
0: the TV spots to be quite honest though they're usually just a mix match like they just basically cut out pieces of each trailer and they piece them together so it's mm-hmm. not like they usually reveal much more from my experience I don't know just having having watched them but maybe that's what he's referring to that that could be a good point you're making um, but other than that like again Tom Holland's performance Zendaya's performance I thought that uh, I loved Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. I love that he was in this. I love that this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I love the mashup of things that it is. And again, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, and and uh, I think even last episode, that the MCU's greatest asset is the, the use of its characters and its music from previous episodes, it, previous movies, um, and bringing those things, those elements into the mix is its greatest asset. So having Doctor Strange in a Spider-Man movie Brilliant! I just think that this it worked out very well in the way that it's dealing with the multiverse, obviously, based on the trailers. And I, I think that it's very, very well done. Michael Giacchino's score, amazing. We want to see this movie in a Cineplex theater. Mm-hmm. We didn't go see it in Ultra AVX. And I'm sorry... To you, Adrian, because you took a you know a little bit of a sacrifice because we we went to go see it in a regular run of the mill. Still, Cineplex has really good theater a- atriums. I feel like they do a mm-hmm. good job, regardless of whether it's Ultra AVX or IMAX. Ultra AVX, of course, is like a step down from IMAX audience. If you're not aware, it's something I don't think it's everywhere, but it's definitely in Canadian Cineplex theaters. Uh, but we we just went into a regular theater without 3D or whatnot and. Um, we did this because my girlfriend needs to wake up early in the morning to go to work. And, uh, so we chose to do that. That was okay. But I think that the, the problem with doing that in this case is because we didn't go to Ultra AVX for a better or more expensive theater, even if it's a few dollars more, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a little bit of a hit in terms of the fact that there's, for instance, we had a person with a child, a small baby child who was literally crying in the middle of the movie, yeah. which is extremely annoying. And I think you were probably annoyed. I was very annoyed uh, by the stupidity of it. Because it was at least 10 minutes, I feel like, of this child screaming in the bottom of the theater. Eventually, you kind of tune it out because you're really trying to pay attention. Thank God. Imagine the child was next to us.
1: I would have punched it.
0: Or like a few aisles down. <laughs> <I would've
1: laughs> yeah. Thrown that child down the freaking stairs. Throw
0: popcorn at it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so thank God that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But it was great that, um, again, it, it, the magic of being in a theater and the. It's like the. They again, uh, John Watts, by the way, did a great job directing this movie. I feel like he, he is a knack for this, and I kind of mm-hmm. hope, to be honest, he comes back for the next what, what trilogy uh, of movies? Amy Pascal, yeah, what Amy Pascal, the producer of this film, and, and all I think all three of the homecoming trilogy uh, movies wait, why am I talking about Amy Pascal?
1: Did I just: because ne- she announced the next trilogy of movies.
0: Oh, right. She and, yeah. Yes, thank you. you. You caught me. You caught me when I fell there. I appreciate it. I got you, man. Yeah, so she specifically announced the, the next trilogy, which I'm excited for. It's, it would be really awesome if John Watts was somehow involved because I think he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kevin Feige has a big play, the Marvel Cinematic Universe producer. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what could come next. But it really is, as John Watts described it, the endgame of Spider-Man movies. Um, I agree. And it's just... Again, the only thing that I didn't love about the movie, and this is not a thing about the movie, it's it's like the movie was too good. It did so much right, and and it's, it's surprisingly amazing to the point where I kind of feel like, just like when I left the Endgame Theater, I was kind of sad a little bit. And mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh man, I don't think I'm ever going to get the same high of an event like this, like a cinematic event yeah. where we... Because even in Endgame, Endgame, a great example of this was when uh, Captain America catches the hammer.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, you're so right. It's so triumphant. I I just kept on thinking like after this movie was done, like I'm gonna be chasing this high for a really long time. And to be fair, I said the same thing after Endgame, and you know, what three years later, I, I got that experience, which is which is phenomenal. It's funny, I
0: I said that to a colleague about the endgame high, and they said the same thing, because they'd mm -hmm. they'd also saw uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, and they said, well, what are you talking about? You just saw a movie that you did just fall with the same high. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right, colleague.
1: So, um, yeah, if we don't get another movie that uh, gives me that high in the next three years, I'm going to start smoking crack.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Don't do that. Not worth it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to gonna do it i gotta chase that high baby not quite the same feeling though not quite the same feeling yeah i'm not too sure i've never, never done crack you
0: might find yourself disappointed
1: yeah you're right um a different kind of high you're right going to the movies is is a better high than smoking crack
0: you're right with that being said like that's the beauty of watching it like and this is going to be something we might not see for a while because of omicron honestly mm-hmm. and that the there's more restrictions now in ontario for movie theaters uh that just were imposed i think
1: one of which is we can't eat popcorn in the theater.
0: Yeah, and they're reducing the 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 number of people to fifty percent, which actually I'm good with, but but anyway, um, but yeah, they just they just imposed these restrictions on Sunday. This is this episode's airing on Monday, and so the Sunday before, and mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of appreciate the fifty percent capacity limit thing. I, I think that's useful because it was packed, chalk full. And uh, it was something that kind of was weighing on my mind while I was watching the movie, to be honest. And that was the only thing that I really wish um, I didn't have to worry about at all. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because it was so packed, the responses from the audience, the, the moments of like elation and like triumph in this, just being in that crowd was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that's kind of what we were talking about in terms of the end game, catching the hammer thing. And yeah. uh, that's again, you can't, you can't fake that experience. And that's kind of the beauty of going to the movie theater.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but um but yeah i don't i don't know i don't have anything bad to say about this film plus i can't say much about it because then nobody's spoiling it but exactly yeah, yeah
1: i i agree with you like i have nothing negative to say about this movie quite literally nothing negative i think it's fantastic and yeah again like I, I feel like you mentioned uh before that uh that well i mean we both mentioned that we didn't really like the second trailer of this movie because we felt like it spoiled too much yeah, And then you you made a statement saying like, well, like we won't for sure know until we actually watch the movie, you know, because right. hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 And uh, I was thinking about that statement you made because I kind of agree with you. Like after I finished watching the movie, I'm like that second trailer, although it did reveal some plot points and, you know, it showed the villains, it did not reveal, in my opinion, much of the movie. And I was still surprised in the direction the movie went constantly. And there are some again like big surprises spread out throughout this movie where it's it, it's just it's fantastic. And again, um, yeah, that, that second trailer, we were pretty negative on it, but I don't think that second trailer actually reveals much of the movie at all. Mm. Um, I feel like you disagree though. I definitely do disagree
0: and I don't want to explain how much it reveals cause that would be a spoiler. Of course. Yeah. So I'm definitely not going to do that, but I, I think that honestly, I, uh, I've kind of the same sentiment that I've had for the last few weeks since that trailer has been released. It reveals too much. And what it reveals, I can't explain because it, well, it's obvious, I guess. But it, there's, there's certain elements that I just won't explain here. But I just feel like showing off the villains and each you know each of the villains they did show in that second trailer was unnecessary. The mm-hmm. first trailer did enough to really reveal what they needed to reveal. And that's the difference. I, I feel like you don't, it, yes, it, it doesn't reveal everything, which I figured was going to happen anyway. Just like when you watch Shang Chi the Shang Chi trailer and you see um, Wong in it, mm-hmm. clearly it's Wong. It's like okay, that's great, but why did I need to see that though? Did you need that? Was that some- that movie? Maybe you maybe did it did need it because Shang Chi is a kind of a lesser known character. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to maybe pull the audience in a little more. So yeah. that that I can understand, but this is Spider Man. <laughs> so do you need to show off? That like, again, you you need to show off a good example would be Jamie Fox. No, you don't. You just don't. And that's the trick. That was kind of what I was trying to say. I'll talk about it on a closer look just a little bit to explain why I think that it reveals too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, uh, you're right in a way you're right and you're wrong. That's what I'm going to say. Without going into too much detail, fair enough. Um, I'll allow it. Yeah, there's one other thing I'd like to talk about, and uh, it's uh, the Avi Arad tribute at the end of the movie. I don't know if you noticed that in the in the credits. Did you? Yeah, I really appreciated that because Kevin Feige – I saw an interview with Kevin Feige and he was talking about how Avi Rad kind of started this whole thing and he was like an understudy to Avi Rad. He was, he was an assistant to Avi Rad at the time when mm-hmm. the first Spider-Man movie was coming out with uh, Willem Dafoe and the uh, Green Goblin uh, directed by Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And I, I just – I don't know. It was really nice to see that tribute in the credits because, again, in that – I don't remember what the interview was, but he was. it was an interview with Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal being interviewed by some someone. And he was talking about how he's kind of gone full circle
1: mm-hmm. in a
0: way that he's kind of bringing these other – these villains in, obviously, from the trailer or whatever. And it, it, there's this beauty of that concept of him bringing Roland Defoe back into this fold and kind of talking about other the, – like the first Spider-Man movie and – in this film about Spider-Man that now he's producing. And I think that that's such a, it's such a beautiful moment And that tribute in the credits was great too. Cause if uh, Avi Rad maybe doesn't get the credit that he deserves for maybe in, in this case, kind of starting it all and starting the putting the train on the tracks that kind of mm-hmm. led to the rest of the Marvel cinematic universe in a way. I think Avi Rad was also a producer on Iron Man, like the first Iron Man movie mm-hmm. too. And I just really like that they, they carved out like that, that section of the, the credits to really give tribute to that. And I, I, sure, I'm sure that was Kevin Feige's doing, cause he, he just seems so, I don't know the way he was describing it in that interview with Amy Pascal. I thought that was, I don't know. There's something beautiful about that idea mm-hmm. of the full circle moment. Um, but anyway, I just, I, I, really wanted to call that out cause I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, I agree. But, but yeah, um, in terms of, to, to answer, uh, Ken's question, is it worth it? Yes, it is worth it.
0: Yeah. It, it's worth it and i think ken's question as well is it is it worth it maybe for him and like he he doesn't necessarily want to go to the theaters now especially with omicron hitting ontario so hard and and i completely understand that and so the, there's a question of is it worth it in that is he going to get it maybe spoiled by the time he goes by the time he gets to go see it, which was sucks so badly. And, and and there's a beauty of the fact that honestly, and I think you probably are in the same boat that we avoided all the spoilers before we went to go see it. We did get to see it on opening day, but we also got, to, I mean, it could have been spoiled for us. Cause there was a, obviously the red carpet was the day before and they, it, there were spoilers on the internet before we went to go see it. And, oh yeah. And we also saw a later show. So, um, I just really appreciated that. We didn't know yeah the, the spoilers. Um, Pretty much none of them. I didn't know any of them. Yeah, me neither. Um, which was the the beauty of it. And I think that um, it is worth it, Ken. I think what you need to do is you should try to find a really early showing, like something like at three or four.
1: Like a matinee.
0: Try to buy the tickets right before. Um, and then if somebody, you know, somehow chooses, because in the Cineplex theaters now, which is great, you choose your seats. If someone chooses a seat right next to you, just move. Because you know yeah. that the theater is going to be mostly empty. And uh, yeah, I, I think you yeah matinee would be a good a good example of something you could you could find. I almost kind of feel like we should go to the movies with Ken and uh, and to. kind of insulate him, put him on the inside, and protect him. Uh, honestly, be
1: his bodyguards.
0: I gotta say, yeah, his bodyguards. Yeah, we're the the COVID guards. Mm-hmm. The COVID guard. We should try to go again. I really think it's worth it. We went to see Endgame twice. This is worth it. Oh, it is. I, I know you wanted to see Shang-Chi twice, and we did see it twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. But this is even more worth it by like a long shot. Mm-hmm. And I think you would agree.
1: I do. I do agree.
0: I know. I'm just worried about Omicron and yeah. when we can go. But yeah. it would be really great if we could well, go again.
1: Yeah, we'll, f- we'll find a time. Um, I'll message Ken and see if he's willing, and then uh, we'll kind of go. It's nice that at the very least we can be confident that it won't be a full theater because they're just reducing the capacity by half. So at the very least we have that to be, to uh, feel a little bit more safe. Yeah. Cause yeah, I, I do agree with your sentiment. Like when I was there and yeah, like we were surrounded, like that theater was packed. I was kind of sitting there and i like, Ooh, this is kind of uncomfortable. And I, I left my ma- Like I usually leave my mask on, but I'll, I'll buy popcorn. Right. And I, I usually eat popcorn, but this time, like um, I was like, I don't, I don't even want to buy popcorn. Really? My buddy bought popcorn and I had some of his, but I was like, I'm keeping my mask on the entire time.
0: Yeah. it just seemed unsafe and uh it's just we're just surrounded like there's just so many people without masks
1: we also had like the best seats in that theater it was like right smack in the middle there's nothing more middle so we were quite literally surrounded by every like every corner so
0: yeah what i would say too is um best seats for viewing but not best seats for safety is that what you mean yeah exactly yeah for sure (laughs) I think the best seats for safety. I'm realizing, uh, if you want to use this little tip here, eh, audience, the best uh, spot is probably the back because you're you're the one breathing on everyone, and it's cascades down the theaters. You know, like yeah. you're breathing down onto everybody. And we we did that for House of Gucci, and uh, we kind of got punished for it because we were sitting beside some hooligans.
1: Yeah, like yeah, it was like five dudes that were like hammered.
0: Yeah, they were hammered, and they were taking pictures of themselves. They were taking selfies during the movie, which was utterly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I want to say this actually, and I, I alluded to this earlier and I didn't finish my thought. I'm, my, my mind's a little jumbled. I'm very excited. This was a very, again, as we described a very good cinematic experience, one of the better ones I've had in my life. Um, very excited about it, I would say. Yeah. But I think there's like a trend of paying for the cheapest possible t- movie tickets and having a more rambunctious theater. That's kind of disrespectful. Mm. And uh, I wonder if you agree with this, but there was a, a child crying in the front for like 10 minutes and the, the parents obviously didn't seem want to, to want to do anything about it. I'm guessing mm-hmm. they were just saying, shh, I'm watching Spider-Man. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that was really annoying. I was like, take your fucking kid out of here. Yeah. Like, Be responsible. Ab- Leave, obviously. Yeah, like- you take
0: them out. That's, that's how it works. Not take them out. Like, kill them. Don't kill them. No,
1: take them out. <laughs> take, the, take your kid out. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Yeah.
0: Just <laughs> take fucking- out the silenced pistol.
1: And just and lock shoot shoot. It has to be a silence pistol, though, because we're watching a movie yeah, right now, okay? Exactly. We don't, we don't need the loud bang.
0: Yeah, we don't want to be disturbed by murder, okay?
1: Yeah.
0: No, that, that's not what I mean. But there's that, sure. But there's also the idea of like people whispering and they're talking through every trailer. And I don't think that happens when you pay for Ultra AVX or IMAX as much. Yeah. And even when we went to go see Endgame, I don't recall the amount of disrespect that I found was kind of around us a little bit more so. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe you disagree. But I, yeah. I think that that's the case because House of Gucci was the same – it was the same tier of ticket yeah. as these were. I think if you – when you pay a little bit more, they're just a little bit more serious moviegoers because mm. why – you know what I'm saying? They They want to pay the extra three. I know it's just $3, but people are – any pinchers when it comes to that in a way. It, it's not always the case. There's still serious moviegoers going mm-hmm. to that theater. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you find a little bit more disrespect. Maybe you disagree, though, because yeah, you seem to
1: be. Yeah, like I, I can see where you're coming from. But to play devil's advocate, I remember when we watched Black Panther opening night. That was in an AVX theater. And there was a baby yeah. in the back row. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I remember that. Or when we watched Infinity War and IMAX, like when we drove out to Toronto and watched an IMAX, there's that that dumb kid next to us that kept on laughing at random things you know what i mean like you still get those negative experiences sometimes in those theaters but uh, you're I probably right beside right. us though too yeah I, I feel
0: like that that imax i know that kid laughing at the stupidest like moments Just like
1: regardless of where we would have been in that theater you would have heard him because he's like, ah! <laughs> just like like maybe like you know someone we were gets, right
0: beside him it wasn't as annoying as it went on i feel yeah. like i was really annoyed because i was i was the one right beside the guy yeah.
1: but yeah and then you beat the shit out of him after i remember
0: I did not. I would yeah. not do that.
1: Outside of no. those theaters. No. But I, I think you might be right. Like just in general, the the likelihood of running into those rambunctious hooligans are, is, is less likely in a more premium theater. I think, I think you are right about that. But
0: yeah. it doesn't mean that it
1: doesn't happen.
0: Um, I, I talked to somebody as well today and they saw it on opening night, like Spider-Man No Way Home. And they, uh, they commented on the idea of clapping in a theater. Oh, yeah. And I don't like it. I'm curious what you think about that, too. Just, just briefly before we move on. I'm just curious because that did happen a couple times in, yeah. in, in, our, in our showing as well. And I don't care. That, that I'm just going to say right away, like, people are excited. I don't care. It, it is stupid in the way, like, in his comment was, it's like clapping when you land and the plane lands.
1: Exactly. That, that's exactly what I think about. Like, I, I'm yeah. all for, like, cheering and being like, wow, like, hell yeah sort of thing but yeah the clapping portion it's like who the fuck are we clapping for like who are <laughs> yeah, we clapping it's a, for? it's not a live theater performance like john watts isn't sitting in this fucking theater you know what i mean if it's like the red carpet premiere then yeah clap away you know show your show your admiration to like the director and the cast and stuff there but like we're in a goddamn theater full of just random people what are you doing clapping I just find it. Yeah,
0: I, I think the plane is a little different because when you're clapping on a plane, I think you're almost clapping for the pilot. Like, you did it, buddy. It didn't for crash
1: not- into, a, into
0: the ocean.
1: Yeah, thanks for not killing us.
0: I'm so happy. Yeah, good job. And he's there. He can probably hear that. Yeah. But in this case, I think that it's somewhat almost like a, a response of excitement that I can accept in that they're just excited. And I, I, I don't want to take their joy yeah. away. It's all good but yeah. it, there's, there's a certain level though. I feel like it's also the rambunctiousness if of like, they just go a little too far. And that's also why I want to see the movie again, because when you get that much noise, you kind of miss some of the lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that too, that I was trying to like hear like at one point or another of a line that was after the clap or mm-hmm. the, oh, woo-hoo, you did it. You did it, John. Yeah. <laughs> you made good choices when you made this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, John being obviously John Watts, the director. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm okay with the clapping because they're excited, but I, and I'm even okay with the rambunctiousness to some extent, but that's another reason why it would be nice to go in a little bit of a more of a quiet theater, but that mm. experience again, you just can't take that away. No, it's so great. And that's why the theater live theater experience, or not that live theater, but you know what I'm saying? The, the, the audience, in person
1: you in a movie theater experience
0: with other people,
1: yeah, with other humans. Yeah, no, that's
0: that's the best way to say that in f- five sentences or yeah. four.
1: We did a good job, man. Great job. <laughs> very concise. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Just gave us a nice little clap because we did so good. Because
0: you're very excited.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm so stoked, dude.
0: Uh, yeah. Audience, just so you're aware, when the podcast ends, I know we've done an incredible job, but you can hold the applause. Yeah. Hold the applause to the never if possible, because it's not necessary. We're not here. We're not there. Although you can write into us with any comments, corrections, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, great jobs. In fact, just write into us and write clap, 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 because that (laughs) I will see and I will, I'll send an email back and and I'll also comment on on it on the next episode of Spill Focus a Film and TV Podcast. So again, email us at spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate it.
1: Honestly, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, we do such a good job. Some guy's just driving on the highway. He's like, man, these guys rock. We finished the episode. He just starts clapping. Boom! Car accident. Car flips out. Un- unbelievable. He listened to us while he died.
0: Oh, geez, I hope not. Yeah. We don't, uh, we don't have very, very many audience members as it is. So, I... Whew, that's Whoa. one gone. So, don't clap. Okay. Again, hold yeah. the applause. Hold the hold, applause. Hold
1: the applause. Uh, before we move on, I want to ask you this, Simon. Okay. Where does this movie stand in your MCU ranking?
0: Oh, damn. I should have prepared for this question. Oh, what a question. Mm-hmm. Um, is it number one? I, I think I need it. I think I need more time. Mm-hmm. I need I need to watch it again without the audience. Mm-hmm. I think I need it to let it sit and maybe it will simmer or maybe it will become worse when I see the second see it the second time. I don't know, but it's up there. It, I think arguably for sure it's top three. Yeah, That's what I would say.
1: For me, would you agree, or where, where do you? Yeah, I would say I know there's. I'm sure recency bias has a has a play in this, but right now for me, this is my number one MCU movie. Oh wow! I, I, again, there is a recency bias to this. Yes, there sure is. Like when I finished Shang Chi, and I was like, Shang Chi is probably my number five. Yeah, thinking about it, like in hindsight, I probably rated it too high. It's still there. It's still in the. It's still up there. But maybe not yeah. in the top five. Well, definitely not in the top five now since Spider-Man's there. But yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those situations where you do need to simmer on it. You need to think about it. Yeah. But right now, that gut check, number one. This movie was phenomenal, and I love it. So
0: what you're saying is
1: Jimmy was right. Like Jimmy, our camera guy?
0: No, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel was right.
1: Mm, that it's the best movie ever? Um of all time. Of all time. No, that's, a, that's hyperbolic for sure. Um,
0: <laughs> it was a monologue. He'd just come out like the day after of watching like the premiere in Hollywood. And he literally said, this is not a joke. I'm not going to spoil Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> Jimmy was right. That's what I think. Jimmy was right. Because a little hyperbole goes a long way. No, I don't think that. But again, I, I said this earlier, but I, I think it's kind of a nice sentiment. I appreciate mm-hmm. his... His joy, you know, mm-hmm. but you're saying it's the best MCU movie of all time right now, I think
1: right now, gun to my head, yes, okay, there's literally a man standing beside me with a gun to my head, and I'm saying it,
0: yeah, it is who who is it Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, he's in my room, no, yeah. he wouldn't do that, Jimmy Kimmel seems like a nice guy, yeah Jimmy or audio audio video video technician though Not so I much. um. Well, no, I love, I like Jimmy. I gotta be honest with you, but, uh, sometimes he does some strange things. Yeah. I don't know about, I I didn't know he had a gun collection or anything, so I don't know if he's actually standing next to you, but you sound like you're not in a position where a gun is to your head. So I think I'm just going to say that you're, you're lying about that.
1: Yeah, I am lying. You got me. Oh,
0: oh thank, well, that's a relief thank yeah. goodness adrian what else did you watch this week let's move on we're going to talk about uh spider-man no way home in more detail on our closer look what else did you watch this week
1: nothing i haven't had time i watched a, a couple more episodes of arcane but uh, i'm not going to review it um i'm going to finish it for next week uh although i will say arcane's really freaking good and i'm really really loving it and i started playing league of legends because of it
0: okay that's wow you started playing league of legends because of arcane arcane of course being the netflix tv series based upon the moba game uh league of legends which is pc oriented mostly
1: it's also on mobile Uh, yeah
0: but it's really the majority i'd imagine probably 90 percent of players play it on Mm -hmm. pc or mac yeah if i were to guess um, the percentages but uh okay cool interesting interesting indeed i watched a couple other things um one of which we, I just finished while I was eating my charcuterie. Uh, of course, Adrian. Um, do you say charcuterie or charcuterie? Char, charcuterie. I don't know. Mario Mario. Nah. Yeah, fair enough. Nah. Wahoo. Okay. Uh, we watched The Shrink Next Door. We watched the final episode of The Shrink Next Door uh, starring good old Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd.
1: And what do you think? I, I haven't watched any more episodes after episode three. I was just kind of like I don't want to spend time watching this. Is it worth watching?
0: Um, yeah, man, it's worth watching. Here's what I would say: um, incredible production values. It's an Apple TV Plus show. Uh, great great acting from both Paul Rudd and um Will Ferrell. I I, I would I would say I think it's honestly I think I don't I don't know if I've ever seen Will Ferrell in a in a serious role before, I, I, I'm not sure honestly, but I, I do think that he does does a great job here. It goes through like a, it makes several time jumps throughout. It's it's about a, a, a of course a psychiatrist who takes advantage of a guy who's not very uh, assertive as a person. Uh, obviously, the psychiatrist is supposed to be helping him. He does not, and he takes advantage of him. And that's really the story in a nutshell. Paul Rudd versus Will Ferrell, who. Will Ferrell's character, Marty is just a really nice guy. Ultimately. He just, he's a people pleaser. He really is. And, uh, it's quite sad to see what happens for sure. Again, it's frustrating episode after episode after episode. And then at a certain point, as you know, he snaps out of it, Marty snaps out of it. And then it's sort of satisfying. Honestly, it made me cry how satisfying it is. Like legitimately I teared up and it's Will Ferrell's performance that really brings it home. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's kind of the most, I don't know what it is. It's like you're being tortured as the audience watching Marty go through this because you really feel for the guy. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, a testament to the performances of both Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. And you almost, it's weird. You almost want to like Dr. Ike, like Paul Rudd's character. Mm -hmm. You almost want to like him. It's a strange thing, and that's the charm of Paul Rudd. And that's why this is so good. It's a period piece. It's doing the, the periods very well. It's doing the, the the garb. It's doing the 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 city of New York very well. It's mm-hmm. the city of New York is almost like a character. All of the production value, bring it all together and bring in these two really good actors who are normally comedic actors and ask them to do dramatic roles. And I think you have a recipe for success. Yeah. And I think, Adrian, you watched a couple episodes. You might not be interested in going through this kind of torture, knowing that even knowing that there is payoff, but
1: I mean, yeah, like that, that was my big issue with this series is, you know, you, you know, what's going to happen and you know what is happening. And you're watching this character is being played by Will Ferrell. That to me just seemed kind of stupid and ignorant, um, you know, just being taken advantage of. It. And it's again, so frustrating watching it from the outside, looking in and you want him to succeed. But I, I don't know if I could put myself through any more of that. Cause I, I feel like I liked it enough, like those first three episodes. But I even said, like, yeah, that frustration almost takes away from any sort of enjoyment I can get from the show. And even knowing that there's payoffs, like, I don't know if I want to put myself through more frustration just to get to a payoff when I can just watch something else.
0: You're like a fly on the wall and you're just watching it unfold and just trying to see how crazy it gets before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's really what it is in a nutshell. Yeah. If you take it and understand that expectation, I think you won't be disappointed. I think that that's the key in that that way. But I don't know. It just depends on how you look at it. I just think that, again, Apple TV Plus shows every time the production value is through the roof, and it just shows. It's it's good. It's a really good show. I really like it. I think it's worth watching. But... uh, I think it's almost just worth watching for Will Ferrell's performance alone. It's weird. It seems, I don't know if they filmed this in order, but it seems like episode on episode, his performance got better. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fascinating. But anyway, so yeah, there's that. And then the second thing I watched, which was amazing, it's a Netflix movie. It's a Netflix uh, film uh, directed by Jane Campion, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Kirsten Dunst. And it's power of the dog. It's a Western film and it's amazing. Hmm. Amazing. It's utterly amazing. It's going to be Oscar nominated. I am almost guaranteeing it for best picture. If it's not, I'd be kind of surprised. I think that it's it's a Western that's more muted in that it's not about like shoot 'em ups and it's not, it's definitely not the harder they fall. Okay. It, that's not the style the style they're going for. It's a. It's just a hard. It's kind of a hard western, mm-hmm. you know, if that makes any sense. It's just dark. I don't really know what hard
1: western means. I'll be honest with you, but I yeah. like
0: it's like more realistic. Uh, not that the not that the harder fall isn't realistic, but it is. It's kind of like stylized in the way that it's built. Mm-hmm. This is like almost the end of the western era. They have cars in some way, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character is just a dick, and he's kind of like. It's basically about two brothers. They live on a ranch, and they're ranchers, and that's their job. And they don't really—they live together, and they—they—they they, they own this ranch, and they employ a bunch of people in this ranch, and whatever. And Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of a not the greatest guy, and Jesse Plemons is his brother, and he's plays his brother, and he's—he seems like a nicer man. And uh, eventually, Jesse Plemons kind of. False for this girl. It's kirsten dunst and the premise is benedict cumberbatch is kind of jealous and he's really psychologically it's basically about gaslighting he's gaslighting kirsten dunst's character and her son uh, she has an existing son from a previous marriage mm. and it's just about that and how that plays out and it's sho- it's slow it's shot beautifully the cinematography is amazing, and it's very well written, and, uh, and it's very well acted. Mm-hmm. Like Kirsten Dunst, Benedict Cumberbatch especially, and Jesse Plemons, and even um, The son, whom I don't know that I've seen anywhere else, to be honest, the guy who plays The Sun. But I will look this up now just to give him credit, where credit is due. Cody Smith-McPhee. Mm. Cody Smith-McPhee from Let Me In. Oh, an Alpha. The movie Alpha? The one about the...
1: Oh, yeah. I've seen this kid before. Yeah, yeah. We watched Alpha in theaters. That was a good movie. I think he's the kid from The Road. He's also in X-Men Apocalypse and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. Cool, man. Anyway, he's amazing. He's also
0: incredible in this. So, will it be nominated for Best Picture? Probably, is my guess. Or Best Writing? Probably. But uh, Gene Campion, probably nominated for Best Director, I think. I think mm. that it's, it's one of those movies. We talked about this with like um, uh, Promising Young Woman mm. and uh, I feel like anything Wes Anderson makes. and I, Venom 2? I, <laughs> yeah, Venom 2, no. Not Venom 2. Venom 2 does not belong in this category. But I, I feel like the, the idea of like the thorough vision seen through to the end, like very, very clear. I was going to say, I said Wes Anderson, but I feel like that actually doesn't feel like The French Dispatch. I love The French Dispatch, but it doesn't feel like as clear of a vision as his previous movies. Like Mm -hmm. if you look at Grand Budapest Hotel, I think that's a much clearer – he had a much clearer idea of where he was going. In my opinion, obviously, it's – The French Dispatch is also an amazing movie. But I just feel like that that – if you were going to pick one movie out that doesn't fully belong, I feel like with the other incredible repertoire of what Wes Anderson has done – Anyways, regardless, my point is this movie is very, very clear. She clearly, Shane, Jane, I can't be on, knew exactly where she was, where she was going with it. it. Like it just seems like it's tight, it's tight, 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 tight. Anyway, it's amazing. Jesus, yeah, that was that was a Breaking Bad reference for hmm. for those out there who who know what I'm talking about. Adrian, that is what I've watched this week. And what do I recommend? Oh, I recommend all three. But do I recommend oh. one over the other? Yes. I recommend Power of the Dog over all others. No, I'm kidding. No Way Home is an absolutely am- amazing movie, mm-hmm. and Power of the Dog is also amazing, but in a completely different way that has nothing to do with fan, uh, you know, fans clamoring over the their excitement for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my story. Thanks. And you said you didn't watch anything else. You watched Arcane, and you like it, but you didn't finish it.
1: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish that for next week. Or okay, that's exciting. I won't because my life's busy. Okay. And I haven't had much time for things. But I'm going to try. Sounds good then. Okay, then I'll try. That's fine. Don't,
0: don't worry. I'm not offended. I really Let's move it. on to the news then. Let's do that. No way home. Uh, yes. No, no. No, no. There's a way home to the news and we're about to embark on it. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as publication Variety reports, Network the CW's Batwoman writers Natalie Abrams, James Stutterow, and Chad Feevish have each been tapped to create a Gotham Knights TV series for the CW. Gotham Knights will follow Batman, aka Bruce Wayne's adopted son, as he begins to pick up the pieces after Batman is assumed dead. <gasps> this currently unnamed adopted son looks to team up with the sons and daughters of Batman's arch enemies in order to save Gotham and clear their respective names of the accusation that they were the ones to have murdered the Batman in the first place. The new series is the latest in a string of DC Comics-based shows that have been produced by executive producer Greg Berlanti and its production company, Berlanti Productions. Batwoman, Superman and Lois, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Stargirl are the other five superhero series created by Berlanti that remain on air as of the time of this recording. Mm.
1: Adrian, what are you thinking of Gotham Knights? Um, well, initially when I saw this, I was like, oh, is this related to the Gotham Knights game that like, um, Warner Brothers, like Montreal, um, is making yeah. apologies to Ken for talking about video games.
0: I don't know if you read the variety article, but it literally says not related to the Gotham Knights game mm. made by Warner Brothers Montreal.
1: Well, that's good in the article. Okay. I didn't read. I don't know how. So. Um, well, that's why I'm here to read articles for me, my write-ups to you. You're such a good
0: friend. Not the articles, but the write-ups that um, I write
1: about the articles,
0: based on said article, evidence and yeah. article.
1: Um. Well, really, all I have to say is that they got to stop with this. I'm sick of <laughs> these, these CW shows. They got to stop making these. Um. And that's really yeah. It. It's
0: it's weird. They're making more and more of these while they're also making potentially, and we don't know for sure, but potentially high quality gotham series in like uh the penguin series which they're making with colin farrell Mm -hmm. and the gotham pd series which both will be on hbo Mm star girl is also on hbo max now so it's like blurring the line of what a cw show is versus uh an hbo show too right am i wrong about star girl
1: no no you're not wrong about star girl it is an hbo max original now which is a little weird Mm -hmm. because like where where's the line well, that's the question. And I don't know. It's interesting because all these shows. Oversaturated? Is that the word you're looking for? Very much so. But it doesn't take away from that. Sometimes they do knock it out of the park. Like, I know, like, Superman and Lois, I feel like, is almost universally loved right now. I know they're one season in, but, like, it, it's very high quality from what I understand. And people are really. It's still the same loving aesthetic. Loving it. They, well,. I, I haven't watched this. So I'm just like going off from what I've heard. It seems a little bit more higher budget and higher quality. Okay. Like it seems a little bit more HBO ish as opposed to CW ish. From my understanding, I didn't
0: get that impression. But it felt like a network show based on what I saw of it. But I could be wrong. Maybe we should watch a couple episodes just to get a better perspective.
1: Yeah. But again, like Batwoman, I just, like, I'm not, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like again I, I think that alone like i don't think it's reviewed well and it just, those trailers look fucking god awful and again the flash i'll be honest i really enjoyed that first season and but like it very quickly went downhill legends of tomorrow is just like whatever i know supergirl was like i watched i think the first like half of the first season i'm like i just can't fucking handle this and arrow i will admit like arrow season two and three especially were were really really great television i really loved it um but i don't know it's just there's just too much
0: even then though you think about those and i agree with you about those those seasons were great but when you think about the production values they're not great you know what i mean you're right that's the thing so we're, we're thinking about the plot and there's certain elements that were really cool like Manu bennett as uh as deathstroke
1: yeah that was fantastic
0: that's the highlight. And that's why it's so good because Manu Bennett's a great actor and he does a great Mm -hmm. job. But there's other bits like the filler in that season. There's still a lot of filler. There's like 20 Mm -hmm. episodes. So it's not amazing. We're looking at it with rose colored glasses, but we're also looking at it with the perspective of there's some really cool Mm -hmm. moments that just like blind us for the rest of it. And uh, yeah, I I really do like it, but I, I don't know. With the amount of great TV out there, I don't know. I, I just like even seeing some of the trailers for Legends of Tomorrow, especially, but the star girl, Batwoman, even Superman and Lois. It just seems there's an aesthetic. There's like a very hyper realistic color re- aesthetic. And I saw a few scenes. I think it was during DC fandom or whatnot, where it just felt like it was like, it was a soap opera. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what it is. There's this like element of these CW shows that remind me of like a, a show like one tree hill.
1: Yeah, where everyone is just a little bit too beautiful.
0: Yeah, and there's like just too much drama all the time, like Suits.
1: Yeah, which
0: Suits uh, is a pretty good show in the grand scheme of things, but it's just, it goes into this thing where like every single day, every hour is a crisis.
1: Yeah, like someone (laughs) is always upset at someone for some minuscule reason that could easily be solved if you just had a conversation or something like that. Or it's like people making yeah. dumb fucking decisions for no reason. Like, no, you can't come with me. And it's like, but why? Because I said so.
0: There's so like I, a crisis on infinite earths running at any time.
1: Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which they actually did. But again, I like I will admit it's cool. Like it's cool what they're doing as a, as a whole. Like I think what Berlanti is doing, you know, bringing all these characters together. It's, it's, it's reminiscent of, you know, Kevin Feige. With the MCU, but it's just nowhere near version. that level of, of quality. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, I, I don't know. You can like, bring to bring to mind like the Hawkeye TV series. We're mm-hmm. on episode five now. I'd argue you and I love this series, and we're probably going to yeah. do in a closer look for sure on, you know, covering all six episodes once it once it airs so that we can talk about it spoiler filled without, you know, wor- you know, without being worried because we're not definitely going to talk about the details here, but the, I'm just talking about like the fight scenes in that, the the overall quality, even the daredevil TV series is an example. Mm-hmm. Like the trying to do a one shot, a one shot fight scene. That's like five minutes long, 10 minutes long. Like you don't see that on these series. Cause they're not focused on that at all. The martial mm-hmm. arts is not really their focus. They kind of got the same run of the mill choreography in every one of these series kind of thing. It's just not their focus and like it's the finer detail elements of getting these really big – I shouldn't say big actually. The smaller detail production values down that Mm -hmm. Daredevil nails and Hawkeye nails and WandaVision nails and Loki nails even more because – and Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier to the point where they feel like big budget films in six episodes. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's just not something that you ever feel like this in these. It's it's like you're stretched thin, and they they know they have to fill the time. Let's fill the time with, with drama. drama.
1: Stacy's angry because you didn't take her on that flight, Superman. It's like you promised me you would make it to dinner on time, <laughs> yes. and you you left me at the restaurant. And that's not even. You know how embarrassed I was. I feel like that's not that big of an
0: exaggeration.
1: Yeah, that that I, might have that, been an I, argument in one of the seasons of 100%. These I guarantee you that was a situation that happened in one of these fucking shows. I guarantee you. Yeah. Uh. Again, we're dissing these pretty bad. And there's probably a lot of
0: fans out there for these. And it, it's all good. Like, they're they're good in their own right. It's just the problem with it is that it's kind of – there's so many of them. And there's so many – Like, man, there's so many good shows out there. And it's like, you just have to question whether these are worth it and Mm -hmm. worth your time when you can, I guess if you only watch superhero things, then this is great, but I just, uh, it's kind of shocking. They're making Gotham Knights as well. Yeah. Like, how is this tying in? And I, oh, let's just get to the, really the, the big question here. I don't think the Gotham Knights are the villains of Batman. Am I wrong? Maybe that's not a thing. Isn't the Gotham Knights based on a comic? I don't know for sure. I thought, I thought the, the Gotham Knights, like the video game, is like uh Red Hood and uh, and like it's like adopted like, son would have been like Dick Grayson and yeah, or, isn't that or, what or, it is? The Batgirl.
1: Yeah, Am I crazy? Yeah.
0: That's what I thought it, I, Gotham Knights was. Me too. Me too.
1: <laughs> like I'm not joking. Yeah, that, that's at least for the video game. That's like really where I know it from. It it is. Yeah, it's Batgirl, Red Hood, um Robin, and I think Nightwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I thought. So like, yeah, it's literally um three of Batman's adopted sons and Barbara Gordon.
0: Yeah. They're trying to pick up the pieces after Bruce Wayne perishes. Yeah. And the cool thing about the Gotham Knights game is that it's diving into the, the court of owls. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a really smart place to go because there's like, it's a very shadowy organization that nobody knows too
1: much about. It's also very popular. But
0: yeah, popular in terms of the comics, you mean?
1: yeah like well regarded i should say
0: yeah Yeah. uh yeah i don't know maybe i'm just mistaken maybe maybe gotham knights is like a newer concept that they're reinventing because it hasn't been too set in stone i'm not sure but this is a little weird and i don't know
1: it just seems (sighs) dumb it's another batman series without batman now he's dead and now it's gonna be some fucking kid that nobody likes fox gotham series yeah, it's it's just gonna be this kid jumping around with maybe villains like,
0: Let's go it, get the villains daughters and sons that we never knew anything about and let's that, make them cool characters. It's like what in a the CW fuck? show.
1: Like I guarantee you there's gonna be like Joker Joker Mini. They're gonna be, hot. Joker, Joker They're mini, gonna be and, hot.
0: Oh my god. That's what we know. Yeah. <laughs> Joker's son is gonna be a smoke show. Yeah. Man, he Look, will have great
1: apps. Yeah. Actually, I, if anything, they'll do like a Joker daughter, something like that. I feel like they'll do something like that. Yeah, sexy, sexy Joker, sexy lady Joker. Yeah, you're gonna do riddle, riddler, but it's it's gonna be so fucking stupid. (laughs) It's gonna be so dumb. Oh god, it's gonna be riddle me. Yeah,
0: that's (laughs) that's really
1: dumb. This is fucking stupid. I
0: didn't workshop that joke, but anyways, uh, point is, I'm glad you tried. They're stupid. (laughs) They're stupid ideas. I think this is not great. I I just think that Uh, introducing new characters that we've never heard of and then slapping the name Gotham Knights on it is going to be bad. But mm -hmm. look, we don't know for sure. Maybe it's good. I just think if you're going to go for the good old 20 episodes, it's going to be mediocre. But I guess we're going to find out. Number two, as reported by CBC News, Canada's largest theater chain, Cineplex, has won $1.24 billion in damages after its lawsuit with UK cinema chain Cineworld. Cineworld was set to purchase Cineplex in 2020 for $2.8 billion. But when the COVID-19 pandemic shook the world in the early days of 2020, Cineworld backed out of their deal, claiming that Cineplex breached its contract by straying from ordinary course when it started reducing spending and deferring its accounts payable to 60 days. Cineplex argued heavily that their actions were quite representative of the rest of the exhibition industry during this global pandemic and even had landlords and film distributors take the stand in court to plead their case. Cineplex's stance was that Cineworld had backed out of the deal Because they were dealing with a case of nothing more than buyer's remorse, and the Ontario Superior Court of Justice agreed by determining that Cineworld must pay Cineplex 1.24 billion dollars in damages for breaching their agreement. Cineworld is currently claiming that they will indeed appeal Judge Barbara Conway's ruling. Adrian, what do you make
1: of this? Yeah, this is uh, this is freaking wild, man. This is uh, something we talked about on one of our first ever episodes. A split focus to film and TV podcast about this whole like Cineplex Cineworld deal and how Cineworld backed out of it. And it's nuts because Cineplex is making nearly half the amount they were going to make while still maintaining ownership of their company. It's it's bananas and like, yeah, it this seems is, outrageous. Yeah, it's absolutely outrageous. And this is like one of these like situations where Cineworld is probably like, well, fuck. I'm acting like Cineworld and Cineplex are people, but i'm I'm talking about like the board, yeah, yeah, as a whole, essentially. I get it. I get yeah. what you're saying. I, uh, I see what you're putting down. Thanks, thanks, man. I appreciate you seeing me and what I'm putting down. But yeah, like, I don't know, that this just seems like a wild story, and I just wanted to bring it up because it's something that uh, I don't know. i I got a little bit nostalgic reading about this because again, it was one of our first things that we talked about. and. I don't know. I'm curious with Cineworld, I guess, seeking claims that they'll appeal this, um, whether that will even happen or what will go down with that and what the ramifications will be for Cineworld directly. Um, There were like with Cineworld buying Cineplex. I remember, I think you and I both talked about it. it. It would have been a little bit interesting because I know Cineworld has some sort of subscription service in the UK where you pay like however much money a month and you have just unlimited tickets and, we brought up like, oh, that'd be freaking neat if we got that here in Canada. And then, you know, Cineplex came around and they launched, um, uh, what is it called? Movie Pass, Cineplex? Club, right?
0: Yeah, Club. which we yeah, both Cineclub. subscribe to, honestly. And it's, again, a really, really good deal. So if you're a Canadian and you have the chance to, to buy it, I, I would do it if you ever go to the movies. Because mm-hmm. the greatest thing about it, in my opinion, it's kind of like Audible Credits. You just keep accumulating more movie tickets for free. It's not like they disappear after the month. I think that's the greatest thing about it. But every month you get a free movie ticket, which I think is awesome. And it's also helping this exhibition industry where Mm -hmm. it's kind of failing at the moment.
1: Yeah, like it's ten bucks a month, ten dollars Canadian, so it's really only like two bucks American or whatever. And um, <laughs> so it. Yeah, like ten dollars Canadian, you get a free movie ticket every month. Um, twenty percent off all concessions, and then even once you use your free ticket, you get discounted rates on your tickets as well. So like, yeah,
0: twenty percent off all concessions. So basically, still about fifty dollars for a bag of popcorn. Yeah, incredible deal.
1: Yeah, which we can't even buy right now because of the fucking rules. Anyways. Uh, God damn, I hate COVID. I I just
0: double checked it again just because I'm like, I'm still kind of shocked that it's like 1.24 billion with a B. I just, it just seems so much. Like, again, they get to keep the company, but also they get to be paid the damages of 1.24 billion with a B. Mm -hmm. I I just, uh, I don't know. It just seems like it's a a remarkable amount of money. Yeah. So I think they were going to sue for like 2.4 billion.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of money, man.
0: They didn't get that much. Well, I, I, maybe I'm wrong about that. And then they yeah. countersued, like CineWorld countersued Cineplex for like 55 million. 55 million? Yeah, five, almost like 54.8. Oh, no, they were going to sue them initially for 2.18 for damages. And then Two they got po- 1 point, 1.24
1: instead. So much money.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. It's billions of dollars. <laughs> it, it, it's It's nuts. Um,. I'm kind of happy because it's like the Canadians kind of one, but it's like, I almost feel like, I don't know. Cineplex is not the yeah. most, most ethical company. Let's be honest
1: here. What they I did mean, to our, our, our bud, Tanner Z, you know? I, yeah, you're right. I stand by Tanner Z. He's still one of my favorite people in the industry. Well, they
0: cut him loose, I think, because of Cineworld. Let's be yeah. honest. That's the reason why, because of the deal. So like they're like, oh, that doesn't look too good.
1: Yeah, at least 0.01 of that billion should go to Tanner Z. I stand by that.
0: <laughs> That's right. But I think, yeah, that was a, I don't know if that's true necessarily that they cut him loose, but they, because of that, but it, it, no, wasn't that the thing that was what we we talked about? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they let him go right when they were like cleaning out their books. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was pretty suspicious.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous. They'd let go of a goddamn national treasure.
0: But They weren't paying him nearly enough though. No. Cause they were paying him in scene points on fucking, fucking real like are you fucking serious Jesus that wasn't Christ. in the end though i don't think they, they started paying him for real yeah somebody got caught wind of it at the executive level and they're like are you joking me because yeah, the he, face like, of the company is getting paid in points what are you freaking idiots yeah <laughs> what are you thinking i'm pretty sure that happened and then he got started getting paid that's good and then he probably really complained good. about it as well like wait can i get paid I think initially he was happy about it because he's like he he was getting paid an exposure, I guess. But yeah, exactly. I don't
1: know. I
0: don't know. It's still it's ridiculous. A, yeah. It's un- unbelievable. I agree. But Anyway,
1: but yeah, it, it is nice that yeah the Canadians uh, beat out the British again. So again, yeah,
0: we never beat out the B-
1: British. We kind
0: of did. No, we really didn't.
1: We have our own accent now, Simon. We don't talk like those weirdos. We're not American, huh? The Americans beat out the British. I know, but we don't talk like the British.
0: We have the Queen on our money. She's literally her face is plastered on our money. I think she won. Okay, yeah. we have like a a literal position that in the government that like approves every bill or whatever, and they report directly. The Governor General reports directly to the the Queen or whatever. Well, that's a, really it's a figurehead position, but still, yeah. you know, what I'm saying I, I don't think. We, anyway, I, I feel like we got the our independence, but it's it was very much like you know it was mutual, like oh yeah you you're nice Canadians you you can do that oh
1: you can have your own independence
0: yeah that was good thanks that was you're you were imitating an Australian man
1: no that was me imitating the Queen oh the Queen of Australia I don't
0: think the Australian government has a Queen or ever did Yes, yeah, Simon they do. Her name's Boris Johnson. Although they were related also to the Queen of England. Oh, the Queen of England. That was the voice you were doing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, Adrian. That was my, that was a very, I haven't practiced in a while. Shoddy uh, Jerry Seinfeld impression.
1: It was all right. Yeah. I'm
0: going to let you have it. It wasn't very good. Number three. As publication deadline reports, Warner Brothers has set release dates for its theatrical exclusive premieres for DC's The Blue Beetle, zombie movie adaptation The Last Train to New York, and the animated Wizard of Oz spin off film Toto. The Last Train to New York is an adaptation of the highly regarded South Korean zombie film Train to Busan and will launch on April 23rd, 2023. The Blue Beetle movie will be directed by Charm City Kings director Angel Manuel Soto and will launch on August 18th, 2023. Finally, the animated Toto movie is meant to follow the story of Wizard of Oz from Dorothy's dog Toto's perspective and will debut on February 2nd, 2024. Adrian... Three movies with new release dates for Warner Brothers, what are you thinking about that?
1: Well, Simon, what I'm thinking is it's interesting because the Blue Beetle movie was originally announced as an h b o max exclusive film, yes, which I think was announced at d c fandom, if I recall correctly, so it's kind of neat that they're you know backing down from that and and are going to release this movie theatrically, so I think that's just a that's just a win in general for. People like us that love going to the theater. Um, yeah. So I, I, I did assuming just-
0: we don't have some other insane variant of COVID that's going to just ravage the world. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up and just be like, oh yeah, that's, that's super cool. But also, I wanted to bring up um, the last train to New York as well. Uh, I've talked very highly of train to Bassan. Um, I think that movie's really, really, really good. And it's uh, directed by Yoon Sang-ho, I believe. Uh, And by I believe, I'm reading that off Google right now. And I know uh, you also watched that movie, I think, reviewed it on this podcast, and you also really liked it. Um, So I don't know, I'm I'm kind of interested in The Last Train to New York. I, I feel like it is an adaptation and you know, they're Americanizing it or whatever, but I I think it can be done well. Um, and I'm curious to see like an, I guess an Americanized version of it. Now what's interesting is the last train to New York. Uh, I forget the director's name. I looked this up prior. I totally forgot the guy's name though. It's actually being directed by an Indonesian director, which is kind of interesting. So although it is like an American version, it's not necessarily being made by, uh, some just like, American dude, I guess.
0: <laughs> Which isn't is what, he, is, what do you mean he's like a guy who's
1: Well, I mean, like I'm sure he lives in America. Well, it's a multicultural
0: nation, is it? America? Are you serious? Well, they're not doing it very well necessarily.
1: Yeah.
0: Not to uh, diss you guys over
1: there, but some of you are pretty good. Racism might be a problem. Yeah. Um so Timo at T- Oh, I'm going to butcher this. Janto, T-J-A-H-J-A-N-T-O. Um, he's he's the guy doing the remake. And then James Wan's producing, which is kind of cool. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about real briefly is I never mentioned it on the show, I don't think. But I tried to watch the Train to Bazan sequel, Peninsula. Right. Um, this was a few months ago. And I literally could not get through it. I watched like the first like 30 minutes and I was like, this is fucking garbage. I was like, what the fuck is this? And it was like a, what blew me away as well is it's by the same director that made the first one. So it's not even like, it's not even like, you know, them trying to like make, you know, a bunch of money on it or whatever and, and do something, you know, just continue that and, and not respect the original source material. It's literally by the guy that made the original movie. And, Goddamn, I thought it was genuinely awful. I, I could not get through it. Um, the CG was absolutely atrocious and everything like that. And Yoon Sung Ho, um, he actually just came out with a Netflix series called Hellbound, which is about like demons coming from the ground and just killing a bunch of people, which looks mm-hmm. interesting. I kind of do want to watch it. But uh, after watching Trina Busan Peninsula, I was just like, oh, this is this is just not good. I did not like it. Um, I even paid for the rental i think i paid like five bucks and i was like i started watching and i was like i just can't i can't i can't do it i can't do it so uh one of the reasons i, st- I chose this story was to tell people not to watch the sequel the train of Busan. That was, that was one of two reasons i see yeah i don't really have much else to say uh i i don't really care for wizard of oz uh toto movie personally but i don't know about you yeah what are your thoughts uh i know that just that felt very abrupt <laughs> like the way i just explained that but yeah I just wanted to make these two points. I was just trying to find
0: something else about that director. I just don't know anything about him. And the way you talked about him is like, he just kind of moved to the United States yesterday. But uh, yeah, I'm just looking it up just to see what his deal is. Like, what did he make before? Was it good? Uh, But I can't find it. And I can't even find the last train to New York on IMDb. Really? It's like an empty page there's like no info on it hmm. which is weird um but yeah i don't know i just i want to know what you did but let's I, find I, out together uh i don't know if you can find out perfect the blue beetle i don't have any connection to i don't know what it's going to be and i don't know if i should be looking forward to it there's a lot of there's a lot of dc adaptations that are coming out there's a lot of uh superhero movies and uh i don't have superhero fatigue i gotta i gotta be honest because there's so many good ones and like when you watch this movie like spider-man no way home and you you and i you know we loved it so much like we are definitely not fatigued uh, i'm down for every you know episode of hawkeye i'm i'm down for all of these things but i am a little i'm a little wary of, of kind of mediocre ones so I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping like because we just talked about it moments ago the gotham knights thing is just not interesting to me at all because it just seems like it's going to be mediocrity, but I'm not sure. I mean, we could be wrong. It just seems, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping the blue beetle is good, Mm -hmm. but it is a lesser known hero from what I understand. And uh, yeah, so we'll see what it is. I'm curious. And it's interesting that it's going to theaters. That that might mean that they have more confidence in it, which is great.
1: Yeah. I know blue beetle is usually partnered with like another DC superhero gold something. I I forget the name. Um, I'm not familiar. I know Ken probably is. So, um, Ken, if, if you're if you're listening and and you have more insight, I would love for you to write in and just kind of clarify this stuff for us for next week. Um, My
0: uh, thing about the train to Busan is go watch the train to Busan. Do you need to have a remake for the train to Busan called the Last Train to New York? The answer is no. Yeah, definitely not. Do we did we need this movie? Not really. Do we need a remake for Squid Game? But in English, no. Go watch Squid Game. Uh, dubbed, not in, subbed. In Korean. Sorry, subbed, not dubbed. Yeah, yeah. I almost did the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, subbed. That's definitely subtitles, not dubs. Don't yeah. dub. Dubbing English on Squid Game, it's not even It's not even about whether dub is worse in that, in that case. I just feel like it, it is genuinely worse and not well done for mm-hmm. the dub. It, it's so jarring in the first five minutes of that freaking show. Anyways, Watch Squid Game. Squid Game is amazing. Watch I Train to Busan. That. It's amazing. Why do we do we need a, a remake? I don't know. If you do it and you kind of, you know, make it your own, I suppose. Like the movie uh, The Departed, which ended up being like a Martin Scorsese movie, was an adaptation of a movie from elsewhere. And now I'm blanking on the movie history of where The Departed was initially remade from. I don't know. So I'm looking it up. Just to make sure, let's just see. It's a remake of a 2002 Hong Kong film called Internal Affairs. Oh, okay. But The Departed is like an Oscar-nominated film that's highly regarded. It's got an incredible cast, and it's Martin Scorsese. Have you watched The Departed, Adrian? No. Not related to these films that we're talking about at all, but I'm just saying as a concept. That was a really good remake. But I think that the, the concept of zombies on a train is cool. But it's pretty thin. Like the part is a pretty high high concept. Like there's a lot going on there. There's there's a lot to to look at. I don't know that there's a lot to do in this particular situation. So I I, I don't I kind of miss the point of why you're making this into an English adaptation. Yeah, I don't know. Am I missing the magic of why this is good?
1: I don't know. I think it's just uh, to appeal to a wider audience. Um, some people just don't like to read don't like watching um, like movies from other places. And I get I guess they just want it uh, to, uh, to show, tell the story to other people. Uh, is that but, kind
0: of out of touch though, considering Squid yeah. Game? Or are you, are you saying that Squid Game is going to be now going to be made into an English adaptation?
1: Oh no, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying that's my assumption as to why they're but doing Squid it. But
0: Squid Game is far more popular than it is. the train to Busan. That's why I'm wondering like what, where, where is the that? connection here? Maybe, but is yeah. there is there a purpose? And I think no. And I I think there's less of a purpose for this. But mm-hmm. I would have not even connected it. Well, I guess you kind of have to. But do you? I don't know. Maybe do you? Because do you? again, there's not what is there to really connect. There's zombies and the train, trains and zombies. Like there's not a. You're just making another movie. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious because I mean, to be fair, Train to Busan is also a like it's a it's a father daughter movie um for like although you know the, the train and the zombies are a setting i, I think a lot of that movie has to do with like a broken relationship with the with this father and his super young daughter and him trying to just make sure she makes it out alive which isn't necessarily unique it was just done so well in that it's like how can you really top it um but yeah i don't know it's yeah. interesting but by the way i i did look up this timo uh to janto Again, yeah. I, I feel bad. I feel like I'm, I'm butchering this. So he's an in Indonesia. Like his citizenship is Indonesia. However, he was born right. in Germany. He went to school in Australia. Um, so he's been around. His Probably like one of his better known movies was, uh, maybe not better known, but a very well-regarded movie that just recently came out is VHS 94, oh. which came out this year. which I think is like above a 90 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to look this up. It is a 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so that's his like most recent movie that he did. He also did, I guess, VHS two, the night comes for us, which I haven't watched. I haven't seen any of his movies, to be fair, but uh, he has made movies. And I guess his most recent one is very well regarded in the horror space and critically, I guess, in general. So, right. Yeah. So maybe he's the right guy for it. Who knows?
0: I just don't see what the point of his nationality has to do with the adaptation. That's why I called it out.
1: Oh. I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with it. I'm just saying he's not an American.
0: Because, like, if you look at, like, Taika, Taika Waititi is from uh, New Zealand, right? Yeah, he is. But he could easily adapt, adapt like, uh, he could do an English adaptation for anything. Mm-hmm. But he's not American. So that's why well, I called it out.
1: Well, like, Indonesia isn't... Uh... English-dominant-speaking country, isn't it? Oh, I see, because they don't speak English. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, hey, it doesn't really matter.
0: Uh, yeah. Other than that, I love The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so Toto, uh, Toto's perspective, does it interest me? I don't know. Is it going to be good? Will they put Toto's Africa in the movie? Toto's Africa? Pro- I hope so. That's the most <laughs> important thing. But if you think about these three movies, none of these are particularly like, oh, wow, I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Really. Like, show me more. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. And then we can go from there. Now on to the montage, a <gasps> sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, the Awake series actor Wilmer Valderrama has been cast as Zorro in the upcoming Zorro TV series from streamer Disney+. Plus. Neat. Do you have any attachment
1: to Zorro, Simon?
0: I enjoyed the Antonio Banderas movies.
1: Yeah, me too, kind of from what I remember.
0: Number two, as Deadline reports, the M. Night Shyamalan and Tony Baskalup produced horror TV series Servant has been renewed by streamer Apple TV Plus for a fourth and final season. Oh, does this excite you, Simon? It sure does. Number three, according to publication The Hollywood Reporter, director Denis Villeneuve will direct a film adaptation of Arthur C. Clarke's science fiction novel Rendezvous with Rama.
1: I don't know what that is, but I'm down for anything Denny Villeneuve does. Denny Villadune, sorry.
0: Number four. According to Variety, Sonic the Hedgehog actor Ben Schwartz has been cast in the horror film based around Dracula's henchman, Renfield, which is
1: also set to star Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Holt, and Aquafina. When we brought this up a couple weeks ago, you mentioned that you thought that this would be a horror movie and I was like I don't think they said that at this point yeah this is probably a horror movie sorry a comedy movie meant comedy movie
0: yeah horror comedy is what I thought horror comedy thought it might be number five as Variety reports the Apple TV Plus thriller series Suspicion starring Kill Bill actress Uma Thurman is set to air on February 4th,
1: 2022. Mm -hmm. I have the slight suspicion that this will have high production value like all the other Apple TV shows, TV Plus shows.
0: Number six. As reported by Deadline, network CBS has renewed the CSI Las Vegas revival for a second season, but Gil Grisham actor William Peterson will not reprise his role despite his presence in the first season.
1: Are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. What's the point? I did actually really like CSI Las Vegas back in the day.
0: Number seven. As Deadline reports, Law & Order actor Sam Watterson is set to reprise his role as lawyer Jack McCoy in producer Dick Wolf's recently revived 21st season of Law & Order.
1: Amazing. Good stuff.
0: I don't think you got a show without Sam Watterson. Gotta be honest. You don't? He's pretty quintessential to that series, I think. Number eight. As Variety reports, industry analysts are predicting a very strong year for the box office in 2022. The forecasts predict that 2022 will boast sales double that of what we've seen in
1: 2021. It doesn't feel like it right about now, but let's hope so.
0: Number nine. As Variety reports, Reservation Dogs creator Starlin Harjo has just signed an overall deal with Network FX that will enable him to develop further projects for FX while he continues to showrun
1: his Golden Globes nominated Reservation Dogs series. Neat! I heard really good things about this Reservation Dogs series, and I want to say it is on Star here in Canada. Disney Plus Star. Number 10,
0: as followed by The Hollywood Reporter, Showtime's incredibly well-reviewed plane crash-based coming-of-age drama series Yellow Jackets has been renewed for a second season. Creators Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson are planning for a
1: five-season run. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard very good things about this Yellow Jackets show. For whatever reason, I thought it was about wasps.
0: It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. 100% which is pretty rare for a show that's kind of been out for a couple months. Mm -hmm. And that concludes The
1: Montage. (laughs) Gosh, Arcane is also hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Again, pretty rare stuff. Yeah. Pretty rare. Oh my goodness. Oh man, I'm tired. This is a long episode in that we recorded the, a closer look Spider-Man episode inside this episode. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot more work than expected. And, uh, we're clocking in at a recording time of three hours and something now. Mm hmm. This episode, of course, will not be three hours. It'll probably be around two. I'm trying to take a guess based on the time we took to record the A Closer Look. But anyways, you can look forward to an A Closer Look episode about Spider-Man No Way Home. If you did watch that movie uh, and that that will launch on Wednesday, which I did not say so far, that should launch on Wednesday of this week. Mm -hmm. So if you are excited to see what we have to say in detail about Spider-Man No Way Home, you can do that. Adrian, what do you got for me at this point in the episode? What do you got for me?
1: I got new releases for you, Simon. Oh. Yeah, this is for the week of December 20th to December the 26th. That's a Monday to a Sunday, as per usual, my friend. And the first movie that's coming out is coming out on Tuesday, December the 21st, and it's a movie called Grumpy Christmas. This is a Netflix original movie, and it's about a family that goes to the beach, and their Christmas goes awry on this beach when the family members start a Christmas competition.
0: Okay. Yeah. What time is it now? Oh, my God. It's 1.30 in the 5. morning. Yeah, got to work at
1: 12.30 tomorrow. Oh, that's good for you. Yeah.
0: I work what in the time morning. Do you
1: work? 10?
0: I work Nine. in the wee hours of the morning. I work at
1: 11.30. Oh, okay. Well, that's not, that's not too bad. That's only like one hour difference. But anyways... Uh, I'm just gonna mention this again. I mentioned being the Ricardos a couple weeks back because of a like a limited theater release. Even though I say that I don't do limited theater releases, anyways, this is coming to Amazon Prime Video. I'm done. We're oh. not talking about this. I'm gonna continue. So that well, we might
0: talk about it later because we might just review it if we watch it. It's about I Love Lucy. To. It's got uh, it's got uh, it's got uh, Javier Bardem in it. I'm not going to watch it. It's uh, it's it's written and directed by uh, Aaron Sorkin. Oh, it is? Can you, believe, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Oh, then yeah, maybe I will watch it. Okay. Yeah, what are you talking about? Okay, maybe I will watch Aaron it. Aaron Sorkin. You love Aaron Sorkin.
1: I do. I do indeed. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll watch that.
0: Okay. I don't know Anyways, what I'm accent gonna... you were going for hey. as a follow-up to mine.
1: Hey, man. Wait. All right, next up, our movie's coming out on Wednesday, December the 22nd. The first one is The Matrix Resurrections. This is coming to HBO Max in the United States and then uh, theaters everywhere else. This is the fourth Matrix movie. Oh, man. Crazy. Yeah, Sing 2 is up next. This is uh, coming to theaters, and this is the sequel to Sing 1, which is by Illumination Pictures, who I don't really like. No, you don't. Yeah. Then the next movie is The King's Man. It's confirmed by uh, Cineplex. is also coming to theaters. This is the third one, but it's a prequel to them.
0: Yes, and I don't think it's well reviewed. If I'm no? not mistaken,
1: no. I'll double check it. Kings but man I
0: think it's below sixty. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: It's a forty-eight. Yeah. Damn, that's too bad.
0: Yikes! What was the
1: second one rated? The Kingsman. I think it was like sixty-four. Golden 63. Compass, or whatever. Golden Circle. Maybe. Mm. No, that's a fifty-one. Oh, oh. no, man! I, I, I kind Am of I
0: wrong, up? or was there? A, was there a moment in which the guy went into a girl's vagina in the movie? Yeah, he
1: was fingering her,
0: like to plant some kind of a, like a a microchip or something. He like fingers her and then yeah, you go you go through like the. It's a very weird plot line. <sighs> yeah, what a weird. It's movie. a little strange. Yeah, I felt like it was a might unnecessary.
1: Yeah, probably. Anyways, the next movie is coming out or coming out Friday, December the twenty fourth, which is Christmas Eve, Simon. Um, and the first one is at 1000 miles from Christmas is a Netflix original movie. And it's, uh, it's about a dude who hates Christmas and a woman who tries to change his mind. She's all like, Christmas is good actually. And he's like, no, I don't really like Christmas. I'm going to, I'm going to drive 1000 miles away from Christmas. And then she's like, you idiot. Christmas isn't a place. Christmas is the time of year. It's wherever you are. Hmm. That's the plot of the movie don't look up is up next as uh, it's a netflix original movie i'm excited for this one this is the uh adam mckay directed movie really great cast it's not being reviewed too well but i still want to watch this so i'm gonna watch it
0: hmm.
1: yeah next up is manal morali this is a netflix original hindi superhero comedy simon and then the next movie that's coming is stand by me doraemon 2 this is a Netflix original Japanese animated adventure about a wedding. I think. Originally, I thought it had to do with some sort of Digimon named Doraemon. It's not Digimon related, though.
0: So. Yeah, it did strike. It's funny. I, it, I just, I know you're joking, but as soon as you read that, I was like, that reminds me of something, and then I thought, Digimon. Yeah. Digital monsters.
1: Digimon are the champions. Yeah. Digimon. Digital Monsters, Digimon are the champions. I feel like we're giving away our nerd cards. Change into digital champions to save the digital. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Oh, I thought nerd you said. Nerd <laughs> alert. <laughs> I thought- when I said to save the, I thought you said 9-11 randomly, but then I <laughs> said nerd alert. Oh, no. so- I was like, Jesus. Oh, my God. my God. Anyways. Oh, this. Saturday, December the 25th. Which is you Christmas. know what we're doing
0: on this episode? We're killing it with the
1: humor. We're Just f- incredible humor. We are so funny. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. This particular episode. Wow. All of it. Every episode before and after is going to be the funniest thing you've ever heard in your goddamn life. And <laughs> I guarantee it.
0: That's right. Before and after the episode. Everything mm-hmm. after it and before listening to our episode. Yeah. But not during. No. Definitely not during. That's the key.
1: Uh, anyways, coming out on Christmas Day it's a movie called The Journal for Jordan. This is confirmed by Cineplex this is a, this is a, this is a theaters movie. It's coming out to theaters and it's starting starring Michael B. Jordan. Is it his journal or is he playing a guy named Jordan? I don't know. I don't really look into it. Hmm. yeah American Underdog is up next and it's confirmed by Cineplex is coming to theaters. This is based on a true story about football. And I imagine it's uh, it has something to do with an underdog, not something I really care about. So I'm going to continue the tragedy of Macbeth. This is confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters this day. And it's an adaptation of the play Macbeth, written by written by written by by, by um Shakespeare. Jesus, Jesus.
0: I was wondering if you just didn't. I forgot. Know who wrote it or... No, I knew I was who it. going to help you out in a moment, but, Ugh, but you got but, it. You did it. You arrived at the conclusion.
1: Thank you. And then the last movie coming out is coming out on Sunday, December the 26th, and it's a movie called Lully. It's a Netflix movie about a medical student that gets the power to hear people's thoughts, Simon. And that's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all. That's excellent. Thanks. That's excellent. Yeah, not too many movies.
0: I just realized that this is the last episode that we... Uh... We air before Christmas, Adrian. It's true. It's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. I did. Uh, I watched actually a Christmas movie called Klaus, which is like a, a Netflix original movie. It's an animated film with J.K. Simmons and Jason Schwartzman. Wow. Uh, I should guess. just mention it because it is a Christmas movie, and I feel like it's a uh, it's a good time to mention it now. Um, it was a really good movie. It's an animated film, very very well done. It's a, a very uh, I shouldn't say completely original, but it, in in the way that kind of you often see very traditional type christmas movies about santa claus etc. this one is uh, a little bit more off the beaten path and i do appreciate that quite a bit it's a very uh, heartfelt tale did i shed a tear i can't remember now but it is quite good and it's a it's an animation studio that i don't see very often and now i'm blanking on who did it but it's um I think the director's animation studio or, or whatnot let's, let's, let's look it up real quick before we wrap this guy up ah yes sergio pablo's animation studio and the the, the 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 actual film is originated in in spain which is pretty cool but bottom line very good movie and it also stars norm mcdonald in it oh which i very much appreciated because yeah. I don't recall him being in any animated movie that I've listened, watched, uh, or listened to him in, in the near past. It's one way to put it. It is one way to put it. My words are not working for me right now, and I'd like to wrap this guy up. Adrian, do you got anything else to say before we close Split Focus episode 77 off?
1: Mm, no, not really. Uh, I really loved Spider-Man. I uh, I enjoyed f- recording this with you, even though we've been... Uh... Talking for technically over like three hours, like three hours and 20 plus minutes at this point, even though we're going to edit some, or well, not me, you are, sorry, you're going to edit it all together and we're going to put out that Closer Look episode. People can listen to it on all podcast services around the globe, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify's Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, I'm guessing, probably, maybe. Yes. Um, Podbean.
0: Yeah, Podbean, which is where our website is. Yeah. Yes. It's all free, Adrian. This is a free podcast. You're listening to it for free. For free.
1: The only thing you're paying is your time. And your love. And your kindness. And
0: if you could write us a review on some of these podcast services, like specifically on Apple Podcasts, we'd appreciate it very much. We'd we'd think of it as a Christmas gift to us. Mm -hmm. All right, Adrian. I think that's about it. I think that's about
1: it. It's about it.
0: I appreciated hearing your uh, opinion about Spider-Man No Way Home Mm because we don't talk outside this podcast. And although we went to see the movie together in the same theater, we didn't say anything about it after the film. And we kind of just went separate ways after nodding to each other very slightly. So um, it was nice to see your opinion and uh, to see how much you loved it. And I I really do hope to go see it with you again soon, maybe with Ken. If we can find a a theater showtime that we can – that we, we that is not packed, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening to the seventy seventh episode of Split Focus: A Film and TV Podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing
1: off. It is I signing off, Simon, after three hours and however many minutes, but uh, not for the listener. But you know who else signed up at, at around the three hour mark? Um, Ben Affleck's Batman and the movie Batman v Superman um donna justice ultimate edition which is a good movie it's a great movie even and it's a shorter counterpart just batman v superman also good movie and so is uh resident evil welcome to raccoon town that's a good movie i like that movie a lot actually and uh, that's it that's all baby that's it that's all take care goodbye goodbye